Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Jim Balzano. Amen. You doing well today? Yeah? Good. Good to see everybody. You're probably wondering, the big question is, why is the pastor in a suit? I'm asking myself the very same question. Yeah, I still don't like it, Paul. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you who. It's not, it's not my mother's fault. It's Blaine's fault. That's right. I had dinner on third, uh, what night was it? I don't know. Don't matter what night. I think it was Tuesday night maybe. We had dinner with uh, Blaine and, and, and Sam and we were just talking and he was telling me about his impression of coming to church because that wasn't part of his life. And he said, man, I was expecting uh, people to be in dresses and people dressed up in suits and all that and just the whole stereotype that he was thinking. And I was talking to him about how the culture has seemingly changed in the church and so forth and that hardly, you see hardly any church, uh, suits anymore. And I told him, I said, I got lots of nice suits. And he says to me, wear one. I said, okay, I'll wear one just for you. I told him, I'll wear one just for you. And so today, I only have a suit on just because Blaine wanted to see me in a suit. I'm working on, now I'm working on forgiving him. <laughs> but a side benefit of this is that some people have told me that they would give me extra money in the offering when I wore a suit. So I'm just keeping those people to their word. <laughs> All right? So I'm expecting to see suit money in the offering this week. Praise the Lord. <laughs> All right. Let me get into the preaching a little bit. All right? Um, I want to show you our logo. If you would bring, please bring that logo up. And you know what I'm going to do here in just a moment. I'm going to show you that logo in a moment. Yeah. I, I'm really, I'm not kidding. I'm going to show you the logo. It's stuck again, obviously. <laughs> The gremlins are out this morning. Well, anyhow, I'll tell you about the logo. How would that be? We have two trigger mechanisms, I call them, in that name. One of those is the number four. And I'm going to ask the question. And I'm thoroughly expecting the Tyrone side to jump all over this. All right? But that number four are the four things we do to bless our city, to see transformation come to our city. And those four things are... You know, the Bible says we shouldn't compare ourselves with each other. But I'm just going to tell you, this side compared to that side, I don't know. All right, We bless our city. We love our city. We invest in our city. We serve our city. Each one of those is an extension of God. When we bless it, we're extending his words. When we love it, we're extending his heart. When we invest in it, we are extending his resources. And we serve it, we are extend an extension of his hands. The second trigger mechanism in that are four dots that go incrementally from smaller to larger. And those four dots we refer to affectionately here as our transformation trail. And those four words mean... Now, that was much more of a unified response, I have to tell you this morning. All right? And it means we, we have four things. One is that we were lost, disconnected from God, disconnected and separated from God for his purpose. I did a message a few weeks ago on that. But then he finds us. How many know he's been searching for us? He's been seeking for us. And he found us. And when we're found, that is you and I being reconnected to the Father, and we're in his hand. I'm sorry, was that thing behind me the whole time? Why is that one not working? Are we, that one not working again? Okay. Sorry for that. I didn't think it was up there. All right. Now, 
Listen to me for a moment. So now we're lost and we're found. And then the third word is we grow. All right, and then we go. Today's message is going to attempt to look into the growth process of our lives. Believers are expected to grow. It is part of God's plan that we as believers grow in our faith, grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Savior. It is expected that we mature. It is expected that we are not spiritual infants our whole life. How many of you wanted your infant to stay an infant the rest of its life? Well, some of you probably are sick enough to want that, okay? I don't want to change diapers the rest of my life. Okay, I don't want to do that. I want the child to grow up and go through the natural part of life, which is growing and maturing and becoming a responsible adult. All right, it is expected by God for us who are born anew as a spiritual infant to progress to spiritual adulthood. When a baby is born, it is a rational expectation for that baby to grow and to mature. The same is true of believers. We're born again. We're born anew from above. We are born again, and we are spiritual infants with a reasonable expectation is for us to leave the elementary principles of salvation onto maturity in our lives. And so let me talk to you for a few moments this morning. I've entitled this message. How many of you have ever looked at somebody and just said, grow up? Penny says it like three or four times a week. She's often said, I'm a 12-year-old stuck in an adult body. I have no problem with that. Growing up is kind of overrated, except for in the spiritual realm. All right? And so, so sometimes, I just want to look at some people, some want to look at me, and this is what we want to say. Oh, grow up. Everyone say that? Oh, grow up. Right? Yeah. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. What does that mean? Let me give you a biblical definition of this word grow in the scripture. One is it means to augment or to increase, to become greater or from infancy to maturity. So let's think about that. Using those words, let's think about that in our lives as believers. That growth in the life of a believer means that we increase from infancy to maturity. Let me say this to you. It is a sad state that many believers never progress to maturity. We are Sometimes we are saved just enough that we want to get to heaven, but we're really not growing in our maturity here on the face of the earth. All right? So now, for the believer, we were once lost, then found, but now we are to increase from where we began. You should be different now than when you got saved. You should be more spiritually mature now than when you got saved. We are to become greater than we were, grow from immaturity to maturity. We go to infancy to adulthood. Now, Here's some questions to ponder as we get into this. Have you increased in your faith from the point of salvation? Have you increased? Have you become greater in your grace, faith, and knowledge of Christ? Have you matured? If so, what are the marks of that maturity? It's funny, some things that we use as marks of maturity really aren't maturity at all. How are you measuring that maturity. Here's a question I want you to ponder. Why does God want us to grow as a believer to maturity? Here's another one. Who's responsible for my growth? 
who's responsible for my maturity. And, and so let me get into this with you this morning, all right? I'm going to take you to a scripture. Turn with me to um, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm sorry, chapter 1. I said 3. Let me read what Paul was talking to the Corinthians. He says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. Did you notice that? But God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. All right, let me tell you what I love about God. He's the one that causes growth to happen in my life. How many of the God is God's the one who can create something out of nothing? How many know the Bible teaches us in creation that God made something that out of formlessness and something that was void, all right? And so the gospel, I want you to think about this. The gospel, which is the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom is a seed planted within the heart of the believer. How many of you remember the day that seed got planted in your heart? Okay, why do I feel like we're on a lazy river today? Like literally, I felt like since I walked in here, we're just kind of like, let's just go down the lazy river today. We're just floating along. Okay, let's get a little right rapid in our life this morning, okay? Come on, come on. Work with me here. I'm going to need you to work with me. I'm in a suit. I'm going to be a little ornery. I'm going to need a little help. There was a time where you heard the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of his kingdom. That message took root in your heart. It was a seed put there. Someone might have been preaching it. You might have read it in the scriptures. It's, a, it's planted within you, and without the spirit of God, it cannot grow. Men can water, you can water, but God is the one who makes things grow. He's the agent of growth. All right, The seed is powerful, God is powerful, but... In your life, it is him who causes it to grow. If, now, think about this. I want you to think about this concept. So if the Bible tells me that God makes it grow, he's the one that causes my growth. If that is the truth, then here's another truth. If God causes growth, then we are the cause of immaturity. I, it, it, listen to me. If God is the agent of growth and he's the one that makes something grow, and if I'm not growing and I'm mature, it is not his fault, it is my fault. And I'm gonna go a step farther. And if you are not progressing and you're not becoming mature and you're not growing in Christ, it is not the pastor's fault. It is not the elder's fault. It is not your wife's fault. It is not your husband's fault. It is not the teacher's fault. It is your fault. You see, because how many know the Bible says you're the soil where the seed is planted? And you're the soil where that seed is planted. All right? Now, that does not mean, how many know, God doesn't force something to grow. Right? He doesn't make you grow. He doesn't make you grow. It won't happen without your cooperation. Just as he won't make you accept salvation, how many know he will not make you grow? Right? It won't happen without your cooperation. It's a work that he operates, but it's a work we must cooperate with. Let me say this to you this morning. God is the one who does the work of growth, but it's your responsibility. It's my responsibility. It's your responsibility. It is our responsibility to take ownership of growing in Christ. He is the one who does the work. But so, so what it tells me is growing up means owning up. It is time for some of us in the body of Christ to begin owning up to our immaturity. Owning up to, I am immature because I am not cooperating with what God wants to do in my life. 
I am immature because I won't get in the word. I won't submit to authority. I won't get into worship. I won't get into prayer. I, I won't do the spiritual disciplines that help to initiate, to help cooperate with what God wants to do in my life. Can I get an amen this morning that we need to own up? All right? Because I'm telling you what, we're living in an age and we're living in an era where nobody wants to own up to anything. It's everybody else's fault for anything. And this morning, if you are spiritually immature and you haven't grown, it is nobody's fault except yours. It is nobody's fault except mine. All right, growing up. Now, think about this for a moment. So when you aren't growing, it's because you've not put yourself in a position to allow God to cause the growth to happen in your life. And like I said before, if you're not growing, all right, if God causes growth, then you're the cause of the immaturity, all right? Now, it's time for you to own up your immaturity. It's time to own up your limited growth. It's time for you to own up being lazy in the things of God. Come on. Sometimes we're just downright lazy when it comes to the things of God. It's time for you to own up to your own state, all right? So now, if God is the agent of growth, and he wants you to grow, and it's his goal for you to grow, to the point of maturity, what does he do to help this happen? Well, there's a portion of scripture I wanna take you to this morning that outlines something that Jesus did in order to see his church, which is a collection of born-again people, to see them come to a place of maturity. This scripture is found in Ephesians chapter four. Let's read it. And he, meaning Jesus, gave some as apostles, some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. Why did he do this? Why did God give apostles and evangelists and prophets and pastors and teachers? He did it for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of the statue, stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Now, how many know this morning the Bible says that Jesus is the head of the church? All right, he's the head of the church. As the head of the church, Jesus set up the church for it to be built up, for it to grow. And he gave these offices with a mandate to equip the saints. My job as a pastor, my job as a pastor, as a teacher, is to equip you for the building up to equip you, the saints of God, to build you up so you grow up, okay? The church was not an institution. It was a collection and still is a collection of born-again people. It's not an organization, but rather it's a body, living, breathing body made up of many different parts. If it's going to, so here's the situation. So now, so what Jesus did was Jesus set it up so that it would be built up, all right? We're gonna do a lot of fun with phrases today. Set up, build up, grow up. We're gonna have some fun with that, all right? Sometimes it just makes it easier to remember, all right? So, so Jesus ascends, gives gifts to men. He gives apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers and pastors to equip the body, to build up the body so that it comes to a place of maturity, all right? Now, so Jesus set it up so it would be built up. Listen to me for a moment. The problem is that sometimes people want to get saved, but they want to be disconnected from the body. They want to be disconnected from the head. They want to be disconnected from the offices. And I want to say this to you. 
that the rejection of spiritual authority in your life is a mark of immaturity. It is a mark of immaturity whenever you cannot submit yourself to spiritual authority. Now, I am not talking about that nonsense that happens that wants to control every aspect of your life, that wants you to bow down to my spiritual authority. I am not talking about that garbage at all. Spiritual authority exists for those it covers. It, you do not exist for me, I exist for you. All right, and that nonsense that gets taught and that nonsense that gets taught in churches and people use that as manipulation, I detest that with everything in me. All right, spiritual authority when done right, is something that builds up the body of Christ. It's something that serves others as it serves Christ, and it is not self-serving. It does not mean I'm the fat cat, serve me. Well, I might be the fat cat, but I don't want you to serve me. Okay? Mature people are learning people. Mature people are submitting people. Mature people are those who've learned to submit and to learn and to listen. How many of you know that children who rebel against authority and covering of their parents are immature children? Immaturity breeds rebellion. All right? Uh, so, so the rejection, hey, I got a screen back there. Cool. The rejection of spiritual authority in your life is a mark of immaturity. And you would be surprised how many people I meet that refuse to honor, submit, and recognize spiritual authority in their life. It's God's idea. Again, I know there have been abuses of it, but don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. So this is what he does. He did this to set up the church so that it would be built up. Jesus set it up so it would be built up in order for it to grow up. There is a pattern that Jesus laid out in Scripture that was laid out that he would set up the church, he set up this authority structure, he set up this offices and mandates and callings so that it would build up the people so that the body would grow up into the fullness of Christ. All right, now, so what's the result of this? Okay, what is the result? Look at the next screen. As a result, we are no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by the craftiness and deceitful scheming. No longer to be children, no longer tossed to and fro, no longer carried by waves. You, you see, because one of the marks of immaturity, immaturity is instability. It's instability. I, I, I love the beach. There's nothing, I just love the beach. It's a whole lot better than camping. And no, 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 don't even go there. I'm not camping at the beach. We will not ruin the beach with a camper. It's not happening. When I go to the beach, I love the waves. How many of the waves will knock you down? Right? How many of the waves will just take you out? And I'll take the babies out into the waves. Right? I'm just a little bit bigger than them, you know? I'm a little bit more mature than them. But them, if I took them out into that wave, because of their immaturity, they would get knocked over, they would get plowed over, they might even get drowned out there, but I'm able to take them, hold them, brace them, all right, to buffet them against those waves. The Bible says that when I come to a place of immature, maturity, I now am not tossed around by the waves. All right, I'm now stable. Maturity is stability in our life. 
So I got a phrase that growing up means we are shored up. We're shored up. We're stable. We're strong. The winds blow and we're not moved. We're not moved by everything that happens in our life. We're not moved by every deceitful doctrine that's trying to be taught out there. We're not wowed by the latest gimmick that comes along. The waves hit you, you're not moved. The wind blows, you're not, you're, but you're grounded. The enemy comes to deceive, but you are aware of his deception because you're mature. Many people are tossed here and there because of immaturity. The result of this building up and growing up is that we're shored up and we're stable. Okay? Your lack of stability is parallel to your inability to mature. The lack of stability in your spiritual life is indicative of your lack of growth, of my lack of growth. The longer a tree grows and matures, the deeper the roots go. Your roots, your roots should be deep. If you've been saved for 20 years, 30 years, your roots should be deep. They should be grounded. You should be deep. But how many know tenure has nothing to do with maturity? You can be saved 30 years and still be a spiritual infant. So Jesus does this, and he brings this result. And the result is that we would be shored up. We would be stable. We wouldn't be tricked by the enemy. We wouldn't be blown around by every deceitful doctrine that's taught out there. And I've got to tell you something. We're living in an age where there's deceitful doctrines every day posted on Facebook. Some of it is nothing more than new age theology that we pass off as Christian. It's not Christian. Some of the stuff that's posted out there is not biblical, folks. It sounds good, but it's deceit of the enemy. Because much of it is pointing back. I saw one not too long ago, and, and, and if you're here and you happen to post it, it's not about you. I'm just telling you that it's not biblical. It says that our highest priority in our life is to know that we, is to, the highest priority of our life is to love ourselves and know that we're more than enough. No, no, no. That's not biblical. It sounds good. Biblical is, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and your strength. And the second one is like it, is to love your neighbor as yourself. Guess what? You're number three on the list. And the most miserable people I know are those who are consumed with self. But when you love God and you love your neighbor, first and second, I promise you, you ain't going to be miserable. I promise you that. Self-centered people are miserable people. They're finding offense everywhere, at every turn. We gotta become, listen to me, we're living, in, we're living in the post-it era. We're living in the, 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 the put it out there era. We're living in the Instagram era. We're living, where all this stuff is being thrown at people. Listen to me. Your maturity will allow you to weed out what is God and what is not. We're living in a, never has there been an age where there's been such a polarized nation, a polarized people. But I promise you, spiritual maturity will help you navigate those. So Jesus does this so that the body would be shored up. And then, so, so, so now, I, I want to transition. So, so now, let me read the, this scripture. Ephesians 4, verse 13. Make sure I'm in the right spot. It says, until we all 
attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Verse 15, but we speak the truth in love. We are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. So Jesus is the head of the church. You and I grow into him. We grow into the head. We grow from the head. We grow into his fullness. We are growing into the stature that belongs to the fullness of Christ. Let me break it down this way. Let me give it to you this phrase. Growing up means we measure up. Well, how do we mean by measure up? Well, let me take it and give you another. Growing up means we measure ourselves up to Christ, not down to each other. You are not my comparison. I am not your comparison. We've got to stop comparing ourselves with each other as a measure. All right? Listen, when it comes to comparing, there are times it's nice to compare ourselves with each other because we might come out feeling a little better about ourselves at the moment. For example, if I wanted to compare my golf game to Peter's, that's going to make me feel really, really good. He doesn't even golf. So compared to him, I'm a pro. Compared to Tiger Woods, I'm a hack. I don't want to get into this game. I ain't going to win this one. You see, the problem in the body of Christ is somewhere, sometime, we all of a sudden begin to measure ourselves against ourselves when we should all be measuring ourselves up to the fullness of Christ. All right? We grow up in the measure of Christ and not down to the world. The world is not your standard to measure yourself by. Boy, can't we feel good sometimes against those sinners. Boy, don't we sometimes feel high and mighty. We get on Facebook. We get on Instagram. We get on our rants. We're feeling really good today because, man, we're just high and mighty. But all of a sudden, I become like Peter when I measure myself in the face of Jesus and I say, go away from me. I'm a wretched man. You see, if I compare myself to the world, I don't have to increase but if I compare myself to Jesus, I got a lot of work to do. I got a lot of growing to do. Growing up, is me- growing up is measuring up, and Christ is the standard to which we ascribe. We measure ourselves against the fullness of Christ. How does your growth measure up to Christ? How about your attitudes? Are they Christ-like? Depends on what day it is, right? <laughs> how, many have, how many have multiple attitudes? Hmm. What about your words? What, what about your actions? What about that grudge? How long are you going to hold that stinking thing? Is that Christ-like? Is that offense you're carrying? Is that Christ-like? Is that jealousy? Is that Christ-like? Is that hatred Christ-like? How is it measuring up? It measures, sometimes it can measure down pretty good. Sometimes it can measure across pretty good. But how is it? Measuring up. If we compare ourselves with each other, we'll never reach maturity. The reason we'll never reach maturity is because we're not measuring ourselves against the immeasurable one. We're not measuring ourselves against the model of perfection. We cannot measure ourselves with another because it is an imperfect standard by which we measure. We cannot, measure, we cannot measure against something that is not an absolute. 
How many know Jesus is an absolute? Jesus is an absolute. And I can get a firm measurement off of him. Christ is the absolute to whom we measure ourselves. Growth looks like Christ. You can memorize all the scriptures in the world that you want, but if you don't act like Christ, think like Christ, look like Christ, you're not measuring up to Christ. Some people think a mark of maturity is just the scriptures they know. The Pharisees knew the scriptures. They thought that they found life in the scriptures. They never found life in the scriptures. Life is only found in Christ. So growing up means measuring up. Now, let's continue with this scripture. It says, now, from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Hmm. So now Paul starts talking about this body. He talks about the individual parts. How many know your body today is made up of individual parts? Arm, hand, feet, legs. You know, I was reading a little bit about the body, and they say there's certain parts of the body that never stop growing. Two things, I guess. It is ears and nose. I beg to differ. My stomach keeps growing. Right? But think about this. Now, what is Paul saying? Let me give it to you like this. Individual growth and body growth are proportional to each other. Individual growth, your individual growth as an individual believer is proportional to the body growth of the body of Christ. I'll talk locally and universally, okay? There is no growth in your body without the limbs of your body growing with it. How many of you know that this morning I would look kind of funny with the head of an adult and the body of an infant? What? <laughs> He was using his imagination. You would look awfully funny with the head of an infant and the body of an adult. Body growth and individual growth are proportional to one another. Paul says that. My, for me, my legs, my arms, my feet, my muscles are all to grow proportionally with each other to produce a healthy body. Individual parts of the body are to grow in proportion to each other. Here's what I would suggest to you this morning. I would suggest to you this morning that limited growth in the body is because of limited growth in individual parts. I would suggest to you that I'm going to take a local body of believers for a moment. Let's take a local body of believers. The local body of believer is limited in its growth whenever the individual parts are limited in their growth. You cannot have a mature church body without mature individuals. It's amazing to me that some people who are immature will rip the maturity of a church, yet not knowing they are part of the immaturity of the church. If the church is a body, then individual and body growth are proportionate to each other. The body grows as individual parts grow, but individual parts grow as the body grows. In other words, how many of there's this growing together? You grow, I grow, the body grows. There's a maturing together, all right? If one part grows disproportionately to the body, how many of the body is actually out of alignment? It's actually out of alignment. Let me say this. Let me be very bold this morning. You say, yeah, like you have a problem with that. 
there are parts of this body as a whole that need to grow so that the whole of the body grows. There are individual parts that need to mature and grow so that the body matures and grows. I would say this. Many people want to be found so they go up, which I mean heaven, but never want to grow up. Like I want to be saved just so I can go up to heaven, but I don't really want to grow up. It's like having a child who says, I want the benefits of being your child, but I really don't want to grow up. I'm okay with that. I'm 55, I'm still thinking that's okay. Not really. You see, but God wants you to grow up because he wants his body to grow up. Your individual growth is paramount to the growth of a body. It just is. Your individual growth is paramount to the growth of this local body. Now, we can go beyond that. Certainly we can go beyond that to the church as a whole. But the church as a whole can never mature without the individual parts maturing with it. One feeds the other, if you will. Personal growth is paramount to corporate growth. And so I'm saying to you this morning, if you're not growing in your faith, you are out of step with God's plan. If you are not maturing in your faith, you are out of the will of God. I'm not saying you're unsaved. I'm just saying you're out of the will of God. God's will is for you to grow. God's will is for maturity. God's will is you're not the same as you were 30 years ago when you said the sinner's prayer. You're out of the will of God. Grow. If you're not growing in grace, you're resisting God. If you're not growing in the knowledge in Christ, you're resisting what God wants to do. You've been on the lazy river of growth. I'm picking on lazy rivers today. And so let me give you, I'm going to close in about another 10 minutes probably. (laughs) But I'm going to give you some things that I'm going to say this morning, talking about growing up and some of what it's going to mean for some of us. For example, let me give you this. Growing up means stepping up. Let me just really say, it is time for you to step up. How many of you ever heard, step up your game? And this this is not a message about this church, although it may have direct implications in this church. I'm talking that you as a believer, it is time you step up into the kingdom to which you were called. You are part of the kingdom of God, all right? Many people want to be saved to go up but never grow up, therefore they never step up. You've been sitting in the same seat for 422 years, same, same, same criticism of every service, and you've never stepped up to be a viable, contributing part of a body of Christ. Some people have bounced from church to church to church, and the reason they bounce from church to church to church because they never stayed there, matured, put roots down, and helped that body grow. Woo, this suit is making me ornery. It's time to step up for the kingdom. It's time to step up your game. It's time to step up your service. It's time to step up and act like a grown-up who's a contributing part of the family of God. And some of you are really ticked off at me already. And when you grow up, you take up. What do you take up? Jesus said what? Pick up your cross and follow me. That you, make, you take up your cross and you follow Jesus. Maturity demands sacrifice. As I matured and raised children, I made sacrifices for those children so they would grow up. I made sacrifices just to give them joy. I told you, 
listen, why did I go to the hotel three miles from my house this weekend? Why did I spend money on a hotel? Because I wanted to bring joy to the immature. I sacrificed. I gave money. I gave time. I gave sleep. <laughs> Why? Because that's what maturity does. Maturity picks up its cross, denies itself, and follows Jesus. Maturity, grown-ups sacrifice for their families, for their children. Mature believers take up the cross for the cause of Christ. When's the last time you crucified yourself? Okay, now if you've got kids here, put your hands over their ears. Sometimes I get in trouble for saying this word. Okay, you ready? Okay, everybody ready? <laughs> I'm not going to curse. When you grow up, you shut up. Sometimes it's just time to stop talking. It's time to, and there's several ways we can go with that. For some in this body, outside this body, for some listen to this, it's time to stop the gossip. Knock it off. It's not godly. There ain't a thing godly about that. It's demonic. It's of Satan. It destroys lives. Zip it. Zip it. That's not just gossip. It's backbiting. It's, it's, it's time to shut the flesh up. I mean, our flesh rages. Our flesh roars. I mean, our maturity... Mature people know when to talk and when not to talk. Little Owen lives with us. He's been living with us for a little over, maybe a year, I don't know. Owen, Owen came and he didn't talk real well. He couldn't talk real well. And, and, and now I'm happy to say, kind of, that he don't shut up. <laughs> like, I'm not, I, you think I'm exaggerating. I am not exaggerating. He wakes up in the morning and his mouth doesn't stop till he sleeps at night. Matter of fact, he talks himself to sleep. We go in the car and he never shuts up. Pappy has gotten to the point where Pappy's now going to train him on what silent time means, quiet time means. Okay, so, so, so we go on home from Lowe's one day. We're at the bottom of 18th Street or 17th Street. And, and I says to him, Owen, it's time to be quiet. It's quiet time. Five seconds later, Owen, we're doing quiet time. Owen, I know he's going to spontaneously combust. It's just going to happen. There's going to be an explosion. It's going to build up. It's going to be a mess. Mature people know what to talk about and what not to talk about. Mature people have a grip on their tongue, have a rein on their tongue. When you grow up, you listen up. How many times have you rejected counsel in your life? Godly counsel. How'd that work out? It's time for some to listen to spiritual authority that's in your life. And I'm not talking about me, and I'm not trying to get, I'm just telling you that there's times in my life when I have rejected spiritual authority that has not gone well. And I rejected that out of a season of immaturity, not maturity. It's time to listen to the Holy Spirit in your life, who is God's agent put in you to bring you to a place of maturity. But you can't listen to the one you don't recognize. And the reason you can't recognize him is because you're immature. It just goes round and round and round, doesn't it? When you grow up, you read up. It is written. Do I need to say any more? We've only spent about seven weeks on the Word of God. We've only spent about seven weeks on the Word of God. 
The word of God in and of itself will not make you mature, but it is a seed that is deposited in you to which the Holy Spirit waters, and all of a sudden it produces what God intends for it to grow. Get your Bible out. Read up. Read the scripture. I promise you, it will not come back void. I promise you. When you grow up, you build up. Immature people tear people down. Immature people are in competition with people. Stop tearing each other down. Stop tearing people down so you feel better about yourself. Stop using these two words, yeah, but. How many times have you ever heard somebody say something good about somebody and somebody else says, yeah, but. If they say, yeah, but, go like this. Let's practice. No, no, let's do it better. Let's go. Do not do that to your wife. <laughs> Penny. When you grow up, you make up. You make up. How long are you going to hold the offense? Been about 222 years, hasn't it? Aunt Susie still isn't talking to Aunt Sally. They have no idea why. They're just mad at each other. The body of Christ is like that sometimes. How long are you going to let the grievance stand before you? How long are you going to let it okay, so maybe somebody was wrong. Guess what? Mature people forgive. Immature, petulant children don't forgive. Immaturity can't do that. Come on, Troy. That's three words of the day, right? Can I get a, oh, shut up. <laughs> I couldn't resist using those three words. Let me say this again in closing. If you are not growing, you are out of the will of God. I'm not talking about you're in sin and you're going to hell. What I'm talking about is you're out of the will of God for your life. Your will of God for your life is to grow and become a mature saint, a mature person of God, a person who is mature, who is stable, who is, because listen to me, because mature people of God are a reflection of Jesus Christ. The world needs to see Jesus. And they will not see it through your immaturity and my immaturity. But they will see him through mature people of God. You can't measure growth merely by the number of scriptures you know. You can't measure growth by church attendance. You can't merely measure growth by serving in the church, although mature people serve. You, you can't measure growth by giving, although mature people know how to give. You can't measure growth by behavior modification only. It's internal transformation that results in that. You know, you hear people all the time, I, I'm going to give you, you know, people, oh, I didn't get anything out of today's service. I got three words for you. Oh, grow up. Oh, so-and-so so didn't say hi to me and they walked past me. Oh, grow up. Uh-oh. I'm, I'm offended by this. Oh, grow up. I'm going to Myrtle Beach next week. <laughs> the, the music was too long. The music was too loud. Grow up. Oh, 
Oh, they're in my seat. Oh, grow up. I had that discussion last night around the kitchen table with infants, with, with juveniles. I want to sit by him. I want to sit by him. I want to sit by daddy. I want to. You expect that from children. What you should be saying is, praise God, somebody's in my seat. Praise God. Wow. They're changing the butt imprint on my seat. Come on. If you're not growing, you're resisting God. If you're not growing, you're out of step with God. If you're rolled by fear and anxiety today, grow up. I'm just telling you. If you're rolled by the flesh today, grow up. Nobody said, thank you. Oh, grow up. Nobody's recognized me. Oh, grow up. Look to, your, look to the person sitting next to you and say, oh, grow up. Some of you husbands are cowards. to step it up and grow up. You would never satisfy and you would never tolerate your child not growing up. Why do you think that God should tolerate our immaturity? Ooh. Why do we think it's okay for him to do that? He's died for you. He gave his son for you. And you've made church about you. You made his Christianity about you. Lost, found, it is time to grow. If you've been found, it is time to grow. Amen. She's growing up. He's growing up. I don't know who's Willow. Is that Willow? Willa, honey. Hi, baby girl. We used to be really tight. We used to be really close. She always laughed for me. Last multiple times I saw her, she cried for me. I think it's her cousin's fault. It's Esther's fault. Esther was here. How old's Esther? Esther's five. Esther's the smartest kid in the planet, except for Crutterson. Because Esther was here visiting with Peter's daughter. And he went home. <laughs> And Ruth said to her, did you meet the pastor today? Yes, I did. He gave me a kiss on the head, and he's very handsome. <laughs> Ever since that time, Willa has done nothing but cry. She's ticked off at her cousin. There is cousin rivalry going on because they're immature. And don't worry, I'll ride that sucker as long as I can. Hear my heart this morning. You see, because the greatest joy of the father's heart is maturing children. Maturing children. Listen to me. Not just saved children. You had joy. Listen to me. You had joy when that baby was born. You're all ready for rice to be out of the diaper stage, or Reese to be out of the, the diaper stage, right? Oh, stop rushing it. All right? You know, there comes a point where the immaturity of a child grieves our heart because it's not natural. And there could be something wrong with the child. Our immaturity grieves the heart of the father. 
but our maturity brings joy to the Father. It's His work, our responsibility. Your individual growth is directly related to body growth, and body growth is related to individual growth. And it's time to step up. It is time to take up. It is time to make up for some. It is time this morning that you and I, you and I, grow up into the fullness of Christ. Because it's the only way that some people will see who Christ is. Father, we love you this morning. Father, you're a good God this morning. You're an incredible God. And Father, growth is your work. You cause things to grow. You cause the growth inside of me. You're the, uh, uh, you're the, you're the one who prunes so that I grow more fruit. And this morning, I, I challenge this church body, I challenge every individual in this church body to ask the question, where am I? Am I mature? Have I matured? Have I stopped maturing? Am I at the same place I was when I got saved? What are the marks of my maturity? Why am I carrying around a grudge? Why am I carrying around a fence? May this day be a day that is marked that we say, I'm going to grow. I'm going to grow. I'm going to grow. I'm going to have roots that are deep. I'm going to become mature. I'm going to become a reflection of Christ in all of his fullness. There's a place we go, we'll always be a child of God, but we need to move from being a child of God to a man of God, a child of God to a woman of God. That indicates and gives a, an implication of adulthood. You were lost, separated from his hand, separated from his purpose. But he loved you enough to find you. He sent his son to die for you. He sent his son to die on the cross, to shed his blood. So that you and I can be born anew from above, spiritually brand new, spiritual infants. But now it is time for you and I to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is time for our faith to grow. It is time for us to mature. And this day, we say to the Father, we commit to the growing process. We're not going to be slackers. We're not going to be sluggers. We're not going to be lazy. That it's your work, but it's my responsibility. And so, Father, this day, may you burn this message into our heart in Jesus' name. And God's people said, amen. Come on, stand with me. We're going to have a song here, Troy.